If you are still showing your Jupyter Notebook when presenting your data science work, you are not giving your work the attention it deserves. And when I say it probably even limits your salary and career, it's not exaggerating. In this episode, we'll show you why presenting is not window dressing, but a key problem-solving skill in data science. We'll give you seven practical tips and a presentation template that can drastically improve your next presentation. Now, one more thing before we get into this episode. If you have gone through courses, tutorials, and academic papers, but couldn't apply them in your daily work, you need to learn how to solve data science problems like a detective. This will give you the foundation to build solid technical skills and create value in the real world. We are giving away a few insider's guides on how to develop these data detective skills. We are also sharing new materials and training every week. So visit nds.show today and download them for free. That is nds.show. All right, let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Naked Data Science. This is how. And I'm Nima. All right, Nima. What are we going to talk about this time? This time we want to talk about presenting data science work, focusing especially on situations where we are finished with some data science projects, or we are at a milestone where we need to present this work to other people who were not involved in the project. This is a skill that is kind of unproportionally related to the amount of impact, the amount of credit, and sometimes the feeling of success that data scientists have in their job. Yeah, I think in the data scientist community, this has definitely been talked about from time to time. However, I still think it's worth to emphasize how important this is because it's not just one of those things you need to check before you can say, oh, the project is done. A lot of times, how impactful your project ended up being or even how happy you get, how much satisfaction you got from the project really depends a lot on how this final presentation goes. It shouldn't be the case in a perfect world. Your work should speak for itself, but that's just how things are. Yeah, and in the same vein, it's one of the skills that is less emphasized in a lot of educational programs. If you look at different boot camps, for instance, for data scientists, especially for people who want to start working as data scientists, naturally there's a lot of focus on coding languages, on learning about the statistics, learning about machine learning, definitely some courses about deep learning. And these topics are already technically challenging enough to fill up one or two programs or specializations. Typically also you have some form of capstone project which try to put the skills into practice. But then it's more difficult to focus in a specific sense on the presentation aspects of things. And actually it's mostly when you start working, especially in the bigger teams, in bigger organizations, that it becomes apparent how critical this step of the project is, how impactful it can be in the whole cycle of problem solving. And like you said, it still definitely has room for more discussion. And we also seen different examples of people who, for instance, did great job, but kind of underestimated the final presentation step. And I think that underestimation itself is the root of many of the problems that come with suboptimal presentations. 
I know a lot of data scientists turn to see presenting your results basically like window dressing or just something that you have to do to sell your work. But actually, it is part of the problem solving itself. Because if you work in a big enough organization, working on a meaningful enough problem, usually it's a complex problem that requires expertise and perspectives from many, many different people in order for you to understand it and in order to come up with a solution that not only take into consideration the data part of the things, but also how, for example, users will interact with the data you create or how a certain system will take your data and use it in a specific way. So I would like to look at the presentation, the final presentation, really as part of a problem solving, one of the last steps of the problem solving, where you are really checking whether the solution you deliver matches the real problem that you are trying to solve, which is always more than what you had in mind when you first start a project. And when a presentation doesn't go well, you shouldn't look at it like, okay, we say something that uh, other people didn't want to hear. And if we would say it another way, then this whole thing will go much smoother. When you are thinking like that, it's usually a sign that there's a mismatch between the solution you deliver and the real problem that the organization wants you to solve. That's actually a very interesting way to look at it. I have to admit, I haven't thought about it like that before. Can you elaborate a bit more about the mismatch? Okay, so I have a mental model here, which is complex problems. So if you look at the world in black and white, there are two types of problems. You have the simple problem, you have the complex problem. The simple problems are those that have predefined answers or really commonly agreed answers, like what is one plus one, right? Unless you are doing a brain twister, then the answer is always two. On the other hand, you have complex problem, like, okay, for example, if we want to build a highway across two small towns, what's the best way to plan that highway? And then you need to take into consideration the local community, but you also need to take into consideration the building costs and a lot of stuff that you need to take into consideration. And there is no right or wrong answer. And usually you got one shot at the problem. So you cannot even go back and try to do it again. In theory, a lot of the data science work that needs to be done should have a solution, we should be able to come to a common understanding on what's the best way to do it. If you only listen to coding tutorials and uh, following how to blog posts, but reality is not like that. Reality, you got one shot at the problem and you never know how well you got it right. So therefore, when solving this type of problem, whatever your understanding is when you begin the problem is always incomplete because you will have limited perspective that includes your own perspective because you haven't played with the data, you haven't tried out different methods or uh, machine learning approaches, and you don't know how those things work for the real problem you are solving. You haven't talked to enough people, so you don't get all these different perspectives. So in order to solve the problem well at the end, your solution ideally should incorporate a lot of different perspectives and satisfy all these potentially conflicting goals of each party that is involved. It comes to me that many aspects that I think always go wrong with presentations could be somehow traced back to this mismatch that you're talking about. Yeah. 
So I think one of the biggest mistake people make definitely is to really underestimate how much work they need to put in to come out with a good presentation at the end. It's not like, okay, I have my notebooks, I have done all this work and I can just spend a couple of hours and then I come out with this presentation, I put in everything I want to talk about and it's done. It's a lot more complex than that. It's kind of surprising in a way that most people know and there's a lot of material out there talking about how difficult it is to write well. And presentations are not much easier, if not more difficult than this. Typically, when you're writing, you have some specific sort of audience in mind. Most of the times you can be lucky also to be writing for a specific community. While in presentations, you don't have a lot of choice in the audience that are exposed to your presentation. For instance, it's just happens that this meeting is going to have some very technical people and some less technical people and you have to kind of find a voice that fits for everyone. Related to this I think is also what we enjoy more about being a data scientist or about the job of solving a problem with data. There's a lot of fun in solving problems, in solving mysteries, in every other thing that is involved in data science. Naturally, we also like to do great there, make great results to do work that we are proud of in terms of the solution that we are generating. On the other hand, presenting this work doesn't from afar seem like doing something technical and showing your skills as a data scientist. While in practice, it is as important as the technical skills, if not more important than that. I think that way of looking at things, the fact that doing a presentation is not part of data science specifically, it is what many roles in the organization have to do and have to do well. I think that might wrongfully remove the emphasis from presentation and also cause the tendency in people to underestimate the effort that goes into the presentation. Yeah, the comparison between writing and presentation, I think is very relevant. I think there was a famous saying that, well, because I don't have enough time, so I have to write this long text, <laughs> right? Because writing short writing something concise and without losing the meaning and communicating the idea very clearly requires a lot of effort and time. It usually takes three to five times more than if you just write something in a long form. The same applies to presentation. If you want to have good enough quality content in your presentation, you need to spend a lot of time to condense all the work you have done into something short and concise. The problem is that a lot of people, like you mentioned, didn't allocate enough time to do this. And then what happens is, is that at a certain point, they either drop the quality of their presentation, which results in other people perceive their work to be less valuable and, and, and relevant than they could have been, or they ended up wasting everybody else's time. And I think that is one of the worst thing you can do in when working with other people is that you come across as you don't respect other people's time, or at least you didn't manage to do that. Yeah, absolutely. Wasting time is a very good starting point to think about it. In my way of thinking, most of the problems in presentations actually go back to your point of view about the presentation, in the sense that the selfish way is 
think about what is important for you to say. And of course, having the curse of knowledge and a lot of other motivations, this typically doesn't end up in preparing a good presentation. On the contrary, the effective way to think about presentations, the helpful point of view is if you think about your audience when you're making a presentation. And a lot of errors could be removed by that way of thinking. The issue of time that you mentioned is one of the most immediate ones. Both of us have been to more than a few presentations when data scientists who've done great amount of work started scrolling through their Jupyter notebooks. This definitely shows the work that you've done, but nobody needs to see all the 40 graphs that you made in the middle. An issue related to this, another example of this, is that the presenter can think they need to show the amount of work that they've done, chronologically go through the steps that taken in solving a problem. And of course, there could be value in knowing the path you've taken somewhere, but you need to present it only if it's actually creating value for the audience for whom you are presenting. I remember when a data scientist was showing a presentation where they were going to evaluate the quality of the work that they'd done. And in order to show how well they have evaluated their quality, there were at least five groups of 20 graphs in the Jupyter notebook that they were scrolling through. It never crossed their mind that the audience will definitely not have the mental capacity, if not the interest, to go through a hundred graphs. So you just imagine the amount of information that you need to consume. This might be useful if I have four hours to read through these things, or I have a specific questions that I can come to for reference to look into, but definitely not the proper way to transfer a message to the audience. Definitely, that's not the best way to transfer the knowledge. And I think what might be missing there also is a mindset of what are people actually interested in? This is especially the case when the person listening to you is not a data scientist, but I think a lot of times that also applies to your data scientist colleague as well, which is one, human mind can only remember somewhere between five to nine things at the same time. So if your presentation try to give more information, then whatever you give later will just overwrite what you have said before. And second, because of that limitation in how much information we can process and also attention span, it's just much better for people to get one piece of information from you. So ideally, you show them one piece of information and then they got all they need. In reality, that's a lot more difficult. So you can show like five to nine pieces of information, but then ideally that's really how much you should aim to share with them. Yeah, I think that way of looking at it is very useful for any presenter. Remembering that any extra information you transfer to the audience is going to reduce the chance of their actually capturing and remembering the most important information that you want to transfer. The wrong move there is to think about your presentation as transferring the amount of effort that you made is showing people who have no interest in coding snippets of code that you did. Thinking in the opposite direction, on the other hand, is very helpful. If you challenge yourself to think, what is the minimum amount of things I can say that transfers the main message that I want to be transferred? And also, I think another thing that they typically forget is that a lot of times people don't remember why you are doing this. 
or they kind of have a vague idea on the part of the work you do that will fit into the bigger picture, never make the assumption that they know exactly why you are doing this work and why we are putting effort into this. Yeah. Because the last thing you want people to think about is, why are we even doing all this work? I think that's another manifestation of the curse of knowledge. You've been involved with this problem for so long and you've been looking into every corner of the thing that it just comes natural to you that this is super important and you might even forget how much others know or care about this issue. I remember something from my supervisor back in the uni days. Something he used to say is that the students jump into my office every week and they start talking about this very specific thing that they've been struggling with in the last week or so. And what they forget is that when they come into my office, I can barely remember their name, let alone the problem that they're focused on. <laughs> Of course, this is an exaggerated example, but that's one of the biggest flaws we've also noticed that people start without giving proper context or motivation of the work that they are doing. And spending one or two minutes on doing that can change the impact of the whole presentation. And probably this is the first thing you need to check. If you do that thing right, if you give the correct context about your work, you will at least have your audience automatically for another five or 10 minutes interested in your work. Without doing that, even if the rest is meaningful, you're very likely to lose the audience or at least have them in the whole presentation with a feeling of confusion of where is this thing going in the end. And when you're giving the context, actually also there's a big difference between you are giving context to other data scientists who work in the same organization, probably has heard about the project you are working on, or at least have some information about the data you're working with versus the non-data scientists. And these can be product managers who tend to work a little bit closer to the team, but it can also be executives or even, for example, heads of departments from other parts of the company. There's a big difference there as well. In the end, having empathy and putting yourself in the shoes of the audience, I think, make a huge difference in how effective your presentations are. The most common mistake is to keep your presentation very technical, probably with a motivation to show how solid your work is when presenting to non-technical people. In this way, although you might generate a fuzzy feeling of something complicated happening on your side, most probably you will actually not gain the trust from the other side that this work is solid, this result is useful, and you will fail in generating in them the tendency to champion this work. And that's a really big missed opportunity for a lot of data science work. Yeah, I have seen a lot of hard work by data scientists not being used, not being recognized just because of this or largely because of this. So definitely pay attention to that. Now, one step back, in order to know what matters to them, in order to know um, what they want to hear, you need to know them a little bit. That's why... This is another reason that you shouldn't just talk to data scientists when you're working in your organization. You shouldn't just talk to tech people. As a matter of fact, data scientists is probably one of the tech roles that can benefit the most from talking to non-technical roles in other parts of the organization that can really help you broaden your scope. And also when it comes to time to present your work, you know what are the most relevant parts of your work that is meaningful and that is not a waste of other people's time. 
Yeah, absolutely. Because to every work, there's typically multiple dimensions. There are typically multiple angles that you can look at some work and tell a story about the work. Not in order to give a wrong impression about your work, but in order to give a familiar angle to the audience that are now spending time listening to your presentation. I think it would be very helpful to know about what they care about. To give an example of where your method can be used or will be used that is very close to their heart. Maybe it's close to a daily problem that they're facing. For instance, for some manager, it's really important to know how much time can be saved by your work instead of how much accuracy is your work generating on top of a previous solution. And your solution could have both of these things. But for that audience, it could be worthwhile to go deeper in the time-saving angle rather than the accuracy angle. And we have actually seen quite a lot of examples of those people, those team members, where we can have two data scientists who are equally skilled technical-wise, but then one data scientist had much better presentation skill than the other. And we have seen in real life, this leads to way faster promotion, way much more recognition of the work that person has done, and also the salary increase and the bonuses, all these things that come with it. It might appear unfair in the beginning to some data scientists, but to be honest, in the real world, the person who can present their work better and who can transfer the message of their work better deserves to get a better chance and in the end do make better impact in the world. As we talked about it, this is part of the problem-solving pipeline, problem-solving cycle of things. It's easy to ignore it. And I've seen also many a data scientist who think in order to advance, in order to get better opportunities, I need to get technically better. I need to gather more knowledge. And of course, that's one way you can go there. But don't forget that you can also advance, you can get better opportunities, you can make better impact and solve problems better in the world if you also improve the way you present your work. It's not just sales. Don't underestimate its challenge. Doing a good presentation, doing effective communication is actually one of the most challenging things sometimes that we need to do. It needs a lot of creativity. It needs a lot of good problem solving. It needs clear thinking. And these are all skills that are useful in your day-to-day -day job as a data scientist, even on your technical tasks. I think the bottom line is, if your presentation skill as a data scientist is not good enough, your great technical skills are going to be wasted. Okay, so we talk a lot about this, but what happens if next time when you are preparing a presentation and you draw a blank? Well, if that is the case, we have prepared something for you. A short PDF document that gives you a template of the only nine slides that you ever need to present to non-data scientists. Now we focus on non-data scientists there because it's usually the more challenging part of presenting your data science work. So go to our website, nds.show, and download it there. So tradition of the show, what is the one key takeaway that we can give our audience that they can implement tomorrow based on everything we, we just said? I have a simple takeaway. Try out two simple things. One is look at your presentation and see if you could give a bit more context. Where is the place? What is the minimum amount of context or motivation? Even concrete examples that you could add to the description of the problem you're solving that could maybe get one or two more people interested in the work that you're doing. And in the same line, just as a 15 minutes exercise after you finish your presentation, 
go through your presentation and see where are the places where you could reduce the technical information without really hurting the presentation. Because these are the two tendencies I've seen most in presentations lacking, I think doing this could really improve the quality of many presentations that I typically come across. On my side, I remember when I was taking my wedding photos, we spent about a day and the photographer took about probably hundreds of photos. And at the end, we got 20 because the rest of the photos are either not as good as those 20 or not most relevant in the sense that it doesn't show the overall theme of the wedding. Now, next time you are preparing your data science work presentation, look at your Jupyter notebook as all those hundreds of photos. Try to pick two pieces of information that is most relevant to your presentation, given the context of the problem you're trying to solve, given the type of people that will be in the presentation, choose that two pieces of information and just talk about those. Of course, using the template we have. So um, that's it for this episode. Thank you very much and see you next time. See you next time. Just one last thing before you go. If you are not a data scientist yet, but want to become one, you should really attend our webinar. We will demystify the transition into data science We'll show you the most effective way to build your skills and we'll advise you on the four possible options you can take to go from where you are to landing a data science job in as little as nine months. Find out more at nds.show forward slash webinar. That is nds.show forward slash webinar. All right, that's the end of this episode. Have a nice day.